0: This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five-on-three.
1: Welcome in a day late to this five-on-three, episode number five of the 2017-2018 season. Yeah, we're a day late, scheduling conflict yesterday. So we're here on a Tuesday afternoon, and we're talking some hockey. Uh, back to the original line with Matt Costantini taking the week off last week. It's Rafael Lea, Matt Costantini, and Matt Murphy. So still the same two, but one one flexible guy over there with uh with Costantini. You we missed you last week.
2: Yeah, it feels good to be back. Uh. Interesting week in hockey, so a lot to talk about today.
1: We were left with Dom Muscarella to talk the Islanders. I guess that was a good thing. Yeah, that's back our the that's guy. definitely
0: our Islanders guy for the rest of the year. I feel like if we need to bring him on, <laughs> if they have a surge or they have a really bad week or something. If they do something. Dom's our guy. And, Raph, you said no five-on-three yesterday, but I covered the Rangers game, and I sent you that picture. There was yeah, a five-on-three yeah. in the Rangers game. So <laughs> even when you don't get a five-on-three podcast, you might still get a five-on-three in the New York hockey scene. So. Maybe we'll tweet that out or something with the the episode. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm going to say, yeah, that that picture will definitely be on this episode. So let's go right to that game yesterday, the Rangers and San Jose Sharks. Murph, you could take us through that one because you were there. But yeah, we only only need about 30 seconds. They
0: didn't go very well for the New York Rangers. But it was surprising to me because I really thought we would see a good performance from the Rangers coming off Saturday's win over Nashville. I know we were going to do the episode yesterday, and I was all set to talk about how the Rangers looked great, and uh, their penalty kill, 5-for-5, five five, that's a good aspect of special teams. And some guys scored that hadn't scored yet this year, including Kreider and a few other guys, Kevin Hayes. And that line's been really good. Jimmy Vesey scored an empty net goal. So I was all ready to talk about the Rangers in a positive light. And then last night happens uh, in the game against the Sharks, who were on their early season East Coast trip. And you can look at every area and say they regressed again because they gave up another early goal. Special teams, I said they were 5-for-5 five five in the win over Nashville on the penalty kill. If you look at the power play last night, 0-for-6. So Lundquist didn't look good in net. A couple of early goals. The second one in particular, he should have stopped. The first one was a deflection. Power play didn't show up, and there really wasn't much more to it than that. They got a bunch of scoring chances and only scored once, and it was Mika Zibanejad again. So last night was a perfect representation of kind of how their whole season has gone.
2: Yeah, they, they just look out of sorts right now. You were talking about Henrik Lundqvist giving up some early goals. I re- remember seeing a, a highlight of him misplaying a puck behind the net, uh, Sharks player getting it. And yeah, I think that was it, the, f- the third or fourth yeah, goal. Yeah, moving it up to the front of the net and just putting it in real easy. So this is really surprising. I don't think anyone expected them to only have six points through their first ten games. This was supposed to be one of the elite teams in hockey this year, and they just don't look like that. You mentioned their their issues on the special teams. you gotta you got to take advantage of those power plays. Those are where you're going to score most of your goals, so they just need to get better all around. Right. The
0: five-on-three that I mentioned at the, the top of the show happened early in the game. I think they had four power plays in the first period and didn't score on any of them, so for them to give up early goals, not capitalize on early chances, that was really the story of the game, and there's a ton of questions about Elaine Vigneault, and there's a ton of questions about Henrik Lundqvist at this point of the season when you only have a handful of points.
1: Yeah, when you're allowing that many goals and you're really not taking— and early in the periods, too, I think is when they've looked their absolute worst. They've gotten better through the through the game just consistently, but their early period play has just been awful. And when you're going to allow goals early on, you got to be ready to score and bounce back right away, and they've done that in some games and then just gave up goals right afterwards. They get sh- they get caught very short-footed after it seems like any center ice face-off. So that's absolutely not good. That's a coaching issue as much as a personnel issue. I was talking about this week a uh, couple weeks ago when we were talking about A.V., saying that there's a lot that the personnel could do to make him look a little better, but that's strictly a coaching issue at that point because... You're not motivating your team to come out and play well, and this is happening consistently through the first month of your season. That needs to be bogged down right away, and Lundquist has made some mistakes where you knew he wasn't going to come in looking like Lunquist of old, but this is it, it's kind of careless
2: when you look at the whole team. At what point does A.V. have to look at making some line changes? Because obviously what he's doing right now isn't working. Well, I've seen,
1: I've seen certain line changes, but like weird line changes through mid-game. I saw Mika Zibanejad
0: on the fourth line with Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich is an interesting case because he this is a guy that ice time. earlier in the year, we were talking about how he looked pretty good on the power play. He looked good in five-on-five situations, and now he's barely getting on the ice. He had at least one pretty good scoring chance last night, so I know a lot of diehard Rangers fans want to see him get more ice time. And the, really, the only line that's been clicking lately is that Hayes line with uh, Jimmy Vesey and, and Jesper Fast. Other than that, um, A.V. was asked after the game if if this personnel is an issue. Obviously, he gave the politically correct answer and said that he thinks the guys in the room can score and that the goals will come because they're getting scoring chances, which is something we always hear after Rangers losses. Yeah. We had plenty of scoring opportunities and, and yada, yada, yada. There have been rumors about Matt Duchesne and possibly coming to the Rangers and, and a few other teams, but Right now it seems like the Rangers are going to ride it out and just hope that these guys can start scoring consistently.
1: Yeah, and something that he could do right away is to give move guys up in the line that are contributing when they're on the line. And listen, I I'm I'm not going to bash the fans for because they they need to be loud about this. That's what makes New York so great. We hold our teams to a great standard. And the call for Buchnevich because of how he's played when he's on the ice is good, but uh, I'd be weary about that. See him more times on the ice. I, I mean, you're, the, the high that you're on with, with him is going to go down. It, it's kind of like what we said with Shattenkirk early on in the year. The more he's on the ice, the more you're going to start to see his flaws. That being said, what he's shown on the fourth line is that he wants to get into the crease and he wants to put pucks on net. That's what the Rangers need right now. That's why I think that at this point, Rick Nash and Zibanejad have been the best the best duo on this team the best players on this team because they're creating chances. Rick Nash obviously has had trouble getting into the back of the net. So that's an issue that I think is going to resolve itself in terms of personnel. At this point,
0: if things don't turn around, I'm going to start to look more towards A.V. Yeah, the defensive personnel is kind of weird. I know we're moving on shortly, but I mean, five on five times, some extra five on five time for Anthony, for Tony D'Angelo last night and a guy that was used in particular circumstances for most of the The first few games. Ryan McDonough's had a shuffling rotation of Mm. of partners on defense. So I think there's some questions to be to be asked there. There's questions about the coaching and the biggest takeaway was the way that they failed to to build off of the win over Nashville four two on Saturday to come out and lose four one to a Sharks team that's been grinding on this East Coast trip. It was just it was pretty surprising to me.
2: I also feel like people aren't talking about the loss of Derek Stepan enough. That that's Proving to be a bigger issue than I think people realized it was going to be that just that depth down the middle is something that they're really lacking right now.
0: And Rangers fans will get to see Derek step on on Thursday when the Arizona Coyotes come to New York. Well, let's go
1: now to uh, I'll I'll leave it for you, Matt Costantini. Uh, the Devils they're still at the top of the Metropolitan Division. What are we at episode five now? And they're still up top. What do you what's your takeaway? Yeah. But you were saying before this that. This was a similar start to last season. Yeah,
2: we're we're through 8 games played right now and things are looking pretty pretty good, but I am reminded of last year's start through 15 games this team was 9-3 and 3 and we're we're looking like world beaters out there and then we all know what happened the bottom dropped out and they they fell to the bottom of the league, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I said this before the season. I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about this entire season. But right now they're looking good. Their their depth is really showing all these young players that they've built throughout the years are really good. Nico Hesher finally got off got off to a good start, two goals in his last game, finally got those those goals to start his career and he really looks like he's he's just hungry for more. He's shown that he is not afraid to get down and dirty in those low post areas. He he i remember the last game he scored a goal in the crease and he he even showed a little feistiness he got into a shoving match with some of the opposing players after that game and this team is just very confusing right now they're scoring a lot of goals but they're also going down a man much too often they're taking way too many penalties way too many penalty minutes and that's just not sustainable having playing a man down constantly is a wear on your defense it's a wear on your goaltender and when Corey Schneider is facing 40, 45 shots a night, that's just not sustainable.
0: And I think that this week off kind of comes at a bad time for the Devils because they're 6-2, and two, but one of those two losses came in their last game against the San Jose Sharks, who beat the Rangers last night. They beat the Devils on Friday 3 nothing. So for a young team that was having so much success to lose, get shut out, and now not play again till Friday at home against Ottawa— I don't think that this, this quote unquote bye week comes at a good time for the Devils who were just trying to ride momentum. It's not as if the young guys need time off this early in the season.
1: So I, I'm, I'm not going to look at it and be critical of it because they're doing fantastic and they're also a uh, very exciting team to watch. But looking up and down, four men in double digit penalty minutes, which is pretty outstanding, some of the you know, 20, 17 minutes already. Uh, But looking up and down, that's counteracted by the fact that there's production goal-wise, assist-wise, from almost every man on this roster. And when when you have that, that makes it so tough. You don't have one guy doing all the work. That's easy to lock down in hockey. You could lock down the star center. Uh, That's what really makes a Sidney Crosby great because he's able to evade that kind of pressure. But when you're a team like the Devils that doesn't have that, you have to rely on everyone doing some work so that no one, no line is weak, and really that's where they've gotten production. I'd be weary with that because there is no Sidney Crosby. There is no main guy. So At least not yet. It's a young team. I mean, I'm, it is I'm very, team, very that's impressed. What makes it very, you know, un- that's what makes it very walking on eggshells right. at this point because yeah. one guy drops out, and you'd expect one or two of these guys that are doing this to drop out because this is not what you expect coming into the season. Then what happens to that line, and then what happens to the team when you have to start moving, guys?
2: Yeah, just I mean, looking at this past past couple games, they've played some really good teams. They played the the Senators, the Lightning, the Rangers, the Caps, and the and the Maple Leafs. We, I remember last time I was on the show, we were talking about this upcoming schedule and what we would learn from this team, and they came out looking pretty good. Though they had a a really big loss against Washington, which is to be expected. But beating Toronto, beating Tampa Bay in the shootout. Was that Tampa Bay's
0: only loss so far this year?
2: That's their only um, overtime loss. They beat them in the shootout. And that was a huge game. Beating one of the best teams right now, the best team in hockey, in a shootout. Yeah, with how well Stamkos and
0: Kucherov have been been playing this year.
2: And then you go into Ottawa, you win an overtime game. This team is showing that they have a penchant for very clutch goals at important times. And... It's just going to be really interesting to see what they can do. You were talking about all these young players. Will Butcher's performing phenomenally. He uh, he's leading the team in assists. He's up there in league leaders in assists,
0: leading all rookies in points with nine. And Taylor Hall has nine points too. So those two guys yeah, at the top goal of the list. What,
1: eight assist for Taylor Hall.
2: Uh, that I guess that, that's, that's the calling that card this year. Yeah. Um, talking about guys that are usually scorers but having more assists a la Steven Stamkos, who I'm sure we're going to get to. Well, Hall's
1: done very well in reversing his role because the talk coming into the season was how how are guys going to get the puck to Taylor Mm -hmm. Hall? Instead... He's the one getting pucks to other guys. Very smart move. It's
2: just that Coach John Hines has done a really good job of preaching his system to this team. And it really looks like these guys are buying in and they want to be better because they know that they're better than how they played last year. And this influx of talent is just something that this team really needed. Um, I know recently uh, Brian Boyle returned to practice after getting diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, so that's, that's wonderful a good lift. for him. It's a very big lift. He's it's a, a big great... lift,
0: and I said the bye week wasn't at a good time, but for that to happen this week a nice might counteract it. Yeah, yeah. He's,
2: a, he's a great veteran presence. He's going to be really important in the locker room. He's going to mentor all these young players. So that's a really big boost for this team. Now let's
1: move on to the to the Islanders. We, I mean, I don't have much to say. They're middling. But they they
0: scored a goal on the power play. Yeah. Since yeah, last they episode. They're now one for twenty five this year. So that, there's an update for you. There's the there's the big story. Um John
1: Tavares doing John Tavares things. I could talk for the uh for the game that I went to Rangers Islanders, uh, from that experience, it was it wasn't good. Um they got off to an early lead in the first period and then did not do anything second or third period and somehow found a way to drag it into a a shootout and I'd say that I say that cautiously though because the Rangers really did drag it into the shootout part it was the Islanders holding them off in regulation that was I think the bigger story the bigger success for the Isles to get that game into overtime because there was no reason for that to have happened the Rangers were obviously they played the best period I think all season in that third period against the Islanders taking away the game uh, against Nashville because that I thought was the one of their only complete games but that third period against the Islanders, that was the team that you want to see. And so the Islanders really fell asleep there. They didn't have much control. Somehow got it into overtime, should have won it in overtime, and then did win it in a shootout. John Tavares with an outrageous goal that I was so sure went wide left. And it ended
0: up like in, in the very top pocket. Who played goal for the Islanders that game? Grice or Halak? I'm pretty sure it was Halak. Yeah, because I know, uh, I think it's Halak who has the better numbers in his career against. Oh yeah, I do. I do see it now. Thirty-eight saves in the shootout win over the Rangers on Tuesday. But this team, I mean, Tavares three goals, three assists. Jordan Eberle only has four points, no goals yet with his new team. They they're looking for their third straight win tonight as we're recording this against Arizona. Uh, here on Tuesday, so a team that's so doable. Yeah, that's that's playing well right now, and certainly could make it a three-game win streak and. They're getting scoring from a handful of guys. I mean, Anders Lee has five goals, a team best. Brock Nelson has four goals. So some Islanders names that we've become familiar with over the last couple of seasons, getting off to a good start, and the team has a winning record and looking to build.
2: Yeah, this is just a really confusing team. You're not really sure what you're going to get from them on a day-to-day basis. I mean, they're scoring as much as they're allowing. So that's that might be telling for how the season's going to go, but... Right now, they're they're in the middle of the division, and you just kind of have to wait and see with this team whether the bottom's going to drop out or if they're going to gonna go and claim a playoff spot, and that's going to be indicative of what they do with their roster because I've been saying all along, if, if they start to fall off and drop out of the race, they're going to look to move John Tavares because I don't know if they'll be able to afford him. I know they're going to do everything in their power to bring him back because he's the face of their franchise and they need him. But it might just not be in the cards for them.
1: Yeah, and you might as well get something out of it. You have a, you have you have Once a million dollar talent. You have a million dollar check in your hand. It's just a matter of what do you want to do with it? Do you want to bank it or do you want to spend it for something that will actually get you to the playoffs? Because Tavares is that guy, but not on your team right now. And it is. It made me laugh. a uh, Zero goal differential. Just it. It just. Exactly as we've been saying. Today. Did you
0: guys see Josh Bailey of the Islanders, his goal the other night? I'm about to do some really bad radio here and, and show you guys this this goal against the Sharks in their win.
2: Oh, that's phenomenal.
0: So he went between the legs. If you haven't seen it, look up Josh Bailey's goal against the Sharks from this past week. Just a big-time play for, for this Islanders team.
2: And it looks like they're kind of getting a boost from some of their young players. I know Matthew Barzell is starting to come, at, come into his own, but we'll, we'll really just have to wait and see on this team.
1: Yeah, I've so, I saw them last season with these young guys. They 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 have a solid young core. Uh the team as a whole needs to come together and yeah, needs to get that goal differential into a little, into some kind I'd say positive, at least get into yeah, the maybe a team. negative. Their too. last well. game
0: was that game that I just mentioned with the Bailey goal against the Sharks a 5-3 win. They did a nice job of just kind of battling back after uh the Sharks would tie it and the Islanders would regain the lead and I just wanted to touch on the Sharks like for a second because I did see them play the Rangers last night. Logan Couture tied the game after that filthy goal from Bailey, uh, even though the Sharks ended up losing that one. He scored again last night. He scored the first goal for the Sharks. He's one of the, the guys that has uh, impressed me. I know we're going to take a look at the, the league a little bit here. He's one of the guys around the league that's really impressed me, and he had a hat-trick the game before the Rangers game, so he scored four straight goals for the Sharks, and it was a nice job by the Islanders to kind of counteract Logan Couture and the Sharks' hot play and and get that win in their last game before taking on Arizona going for three straight.
2: Yeah, talking about Couture, he's among the league leaders in goals, so that's a really big boost for a Sharks team that's really not scoring a lot of points from places you expect. I mean, Brent Burns only has a handful of points this year, and we were talking about him as a guy that might challenge for the points race.
0: Yeah, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, not a a big-time start for him, a, a very good offensive defenseman.
1: Well, let's get into our fourth and fifth uh, segments, which is kind of combined here, because I want to talk about the Las, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, their start, and will it persist? Not not really will it persist, just how outrageous has the start been for an expansion team? Then we'll look at the tops and bottoms, and then we'll call it an afternoon. Um, Las Vegas, a great opening start, but are we looking too much into it? They've had I think it's seven or six home games in their stretch. Seven games total, so. So, uh, maybe maybe six then. I, I mean, that would actually be a little weird. I'll, I'll look into that. But they've had a lot of home games, put it that way. They faced the Coyotes twice. They faced another team that hasn't been good, I think, multiple times. Are we looking too much into this start for
2: Las Vegas? I don't know. This This is a really weird team. They're... They shouldn't be good, first of all. They're an expansion team. The point of this team is to not be good, get bottom, dra- get top draft picks, and build the future, and they'll be good in, like, five or six years. Right. But right now, they're playing really well. I mean, they're getting points out of their top line, James Neal, Riley Smith, David Perron leading their team in points, and they're doing this without their top three goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury went down with an injury a little while ago. He recently returned to practice, so it'll be a big boost for them getting him back. I know Malcolm Subandres recently went down. So this is a very, very strange team. Exactly, and in terms of
0: the schedule, Ralph, they actually, so Vegas in their first season here opened with two games on the road, and their last five have been at home, and... They lost the second of the last five at home to Detroit 6-3, their only loss of the season. And they're at home for the next two as well, Mm -hmm. sitting at 6-1 before coming to New York. So they take on the Islanders on the 30th and then the Rangers on Halloween. So they're going to be tested soon when they hit the road again. But you can't really, I mean, you can't give them enough credit. I mean, you never know what to expect from an expansion franchise, and for them to get out to a six-and-one start, it's been super impressive. And when they get the goaltending situation figured out, health-wise, who knows? Maybe they can keep it up. I don't know. It's it's
1: weird to me because this team is built like they, they, again, we were talking about this earlier. They're not the scraps of these teams. They're they're pretty top guys. They were built for a little bit of early success, but the depth is just not there. You can't build around whatever they had to build around and be left with a a good depth team and now they're going through a time where they're getting some the injury bug is hitting them a little bit this is going to be the most important time in their season because now they're going to go on the road after these next couple of home games they're going to go on the road they're going to be dealing with injury and they're going to need guys that weren't supposed to step up For any team...
0: Former Ranger Oscar Lindbergh, second on the Knights, the Golden Knights, with three goals behind James Neal, who's obviously their centerpiece.
1: Yeah, again, like, Oscar
0: Lindbergh
1: was not a trash player for the Rangers, not a guy they wanted to give up, certainly, but a guy that, compared to everybody else, was the one left out in the cold.
2: Another really interesting player on this team that people expected to be a top-line center, or at least a top-line forward, uh, in Vadim Shipachayov prize free agent added the KHL he started the season in the AHL for this team which was very surprising but recently got called up three points in three games so he's doing what this team wanted him to do and you just really have to like look and see what this team can do later on
0: yeah it's exciting I think most people when they see Vegas on the schedule for whatever team you're a fan of they're excited to get a look at the new uniforms and, and some of the younger players in the team meshing with some of the bigger names like James Neal and Riley Smith. Yeah, those
2: those white gloves on the away unis are really yeah. pretty slick.
1: Dedication is is shooting fi- is recording five on three while I'm in the midst of working another shift. So this is dedicated. I do it for the fans, honestly. <laughs> um, man of the people. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. One more segment: tops and bottoms. We're gonna take a look at the tops and bottoms of each division as it stands. Uh, I mean, starting out with the with the Metropolitan, we've already gotten into that, so we don't really need to delve into that. But the Devils are first, the Devils are tops, the Rangers are bottoms. That I, think I mean, saw that coming. Yeah, I expected that to be reversed. Now going into the Atlantic, though, you have the Lightning at the top. I didn't think they'd be at the top. I don't think we thought they'd be at the bottom, but they're. I definitely didn't think they'd be tops, and the
2: Canadians are bottoms. Yeah, yeah. this top line in. Tampa Bay with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov is probably the most lethal duo in hockey right now. Steven Stamkos has 18 points in 9 games averaging 2 points a game. That is ridiculous and he's he's changed his game this year. Only 3 goals to 15 assists. He's the guy that everyone expects to Put up video game numbers with like 60 goals or something like that. But he's really deferred to Kucherov this year, which has been really helpful for this team. And you look at their goaltender, um, Nikita Vas- Andre Vasilavsky, excuse me, leading the league in wins, uh, has the top, um, he's in the top of both safety and goals against. Right. And then you also mentioned Montreal they're just looking like a bad hockey team right now. They're 1-6-1, three points in eight games, and Carey Price has not looked like the Carey Price we all expected him to.
0: Yeah, who would have thought that Montreal would, I think you said before the show they have the, the lowest goal differential in the league at minus 20, at least in the Eastern Conference. Let me look at the West real quick. And, yeah, the in Arizona has a minus 16 in the West, but for them to have given up 33 goals so far this year. And, Raph, I think you picked Carey Price as your Vezina winner yeah. um, a couple episodes back we'll just delete that episode if we have to, <laughs> if, if this trend it's continues great, isn't it? for Montreal. But at the top in the Atlantic, Tampa Bay, definitely a team that looks like a Stanley Cup contender right now.
1: St. Louis and Minnesota in the central. Those are the tops and bottoms. St. Louis up top, 6-2-1. and one. Minnesota at the bottom, 2-2-2. Two, two and two. So the Wild came in
0: a little bit more, uh, more touted. I don't Fairly certain I picked them to win the Stanley Cup on one of the episodes. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs>
1: they're definitely, that's not listen, they're, right not, they're
0: not out of it being at the bottom. Like, the Central's very, very Parisi very just had congested. surgery. Zach Parisi just had back surgery. Yeah, so he's
2: going to be out for a while. And they're also another, I think they're only the second or third team in the league that has a zero goal differential. So they, they need to right the ship if they want to turn this around. You There's get, a lot of good teams in the Central.
0: It's a congested Central. central yeah, I mean, I've seen Nashville a couple of times. I mean, I watched them against the Rangers. I watched them play the Flyers this year. They're fourth right now with nine points behind Dallas, who's an explosive offense, Chicago, who has been a pleasant surprise with some veterans, and St. Louis. So four top teams in there, and then you got some guys rounding it out. If Minnesota can get it going, that's five really good teams in the Central. Lastly, in the Pacific, it's the Kings up
1: top. And the Coyotes at the bottom, and probably the least surprising of any. I think the most surprising there is second is Vegas. So Vegas or Edmonton being yeah, yeah. second Edmonton, to last. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah Edmonton so has four points. If you take away the top and bottom, then we have a surprising top and bottom because it would be Vegas. And I don't Edmonton. know what
0: that means. I don't. I didn't get what you just
1: said. You didn't get it. Uh, let me try to rephrase it, but say the exact same thing. If you uh, take away the top, if you take and the away bottom. the top, which is Los Angeles, and oh, the, the bottom, team.
0: yeah, and the bottom, which is Arizona. You have Vegas at the top and Edmonton at the bottom. There I got you. Got. you know, yeah. You're a good teacher. <laughs> you also got to look at
2: Vancouver being in third with nine points already. This is a team that a lot of people expected to be one of the worst teams in the league, but they're up at the top. And then you and then- mentioned Arizona, zero wins. So
1: Yeah, honestly, except for the top and bottom, this this division is really jumbled all over the place. But it is Los Angeles up top. It is Arizona at the bottom. No surprise there. Arizona's still looking for their first win of the yeah, season. Yeah, and they're com-
0: they're, like I said, they're coming to New York City, so we'll get a chance to see them. Up close and personal. Oh, uh, I cannot. The, and Los wait Angeles is having a week. lot of
2: guys on bounce back years. Anze Kopitar kind of had a a down year last year, but he's he's back to what everyone expects him to be.
0: John Stevens behind the bench, looking good as a coach. Dustin Brown career resurgence. <laughs> All right, so we'll close this episode out. Anything you guys want to add before I before I close it out? Flyers, best goal differential in the Metropolitan, plus 10, 5-3 so far.
2: <laughs> Nico Heeshear is still going to be the, Con, not the Con Smythe, hopefully Con Smythe winner, <laughs> but looking at that Calder Trophy.
1: The Rangers are there. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us, uh, episode number 5. Tune in next week for episode number 6 of this, what has already been a very exciting, very surprising 2017-2018 NHL season. Keep tuning into WFUV Sports for all our content spread throughout the board, but especially five on three. So for Matt Costantini and Matt Murphy, I'm Rafael Leah. Have a great week, everybody.